Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Real Feels Podcast. Hey, it's Drew here. And Nathan. And Nathan. hey yo, hey yo. Drew, how are you feeling, bud? You know what? I'm doing all right. It's not bad. It's not a bad day today. You know what? It's uh, it's uh, coming off about a week, week and a half of summer school being over, and <laughs> I'm still not free. Liberate. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not free. Yeah. No, there's other, there's other duties. <laughs> Duty. Duty. Um, there's other things to be done around the school. Summer practices for Akadak and you know, different uh, podcast whatnots to be doing. But, You're such um, a nerd, and not like the the geeky nerd. You're talking nerd. <laughs> nerd. It's okay. I like it. It's fine. You say it like a like it's a bad thing. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not. It means a bad You're thing. smart, <laughs> and that's a good oh, thing in this I'm, world. <laughs> I'm glad one of us thinks so. Well, uh, my peach tree. I know this is uh, not as cool as Akadak. Is that a euphemism for nope, something? Nope. This is a, <laughs> no. It's a real li- peach tree. Literally a peach tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, a branch snapped on it, and uh, it, it got a it got a bug in one of the branches. Oh and, no! Like a boar, and um, it's just gardening and myself. What? You know, you are a gardener too, so I know that you. <laughs> feel... Nathan, everything dies that I touch. <laughs> I used to be a, what I called a black thumb. Because I'm not a green thumb. Everything that I touch just turns to black death. And, you know, gr- all that was green and beautiful in this world is just <laughs> not good with me. The problem is I just got to water it, you know? That's what most of the plants need. Water? Water. <laughs> Very simple concept. <laughs> water makes things grow. Uh, as, as Peter Griffin says, oh, that's right. Ponies need food. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but basically, also, it doesn't help that we have 104 heat. 104. It's going to be 107 this week. Like, I, that's I'd not rather natural. roll in glass. Yeah. God. I'd rather be in a saw experiment than, <laughs> no, not that no, far. There's like, a, I mean, well, yeah, I don't know. Guys, if you if you are not perfectly um, aware of what a Bakersfield summer is, Oh, good lord! Yeah, like here in Kern County, it it just gets so ungodly hot. It's a dry it's just, heat. It's a dry heat. <laughs> it's not even a humid heat. Yeah, it is just a, it is a dry heat, and it's, which I'll uh, take. It's rather uncomfortable. I think that was the benefit of teaching summer school for three weeks because then I could go on campus and use their AC. Okay, and then you know have to you know as I say like deal with academic practice, but not really. They're good kids. But then I'd be there for another three hours again in a classroom, you know, full of air conditioning. And then it'd be time to go home. And I'm like, I, I don't want to. I could do some more work. I don't want to. <laughs> Does anyone else want to learn anything? Anything? <laughs> so that was that was actually a, a nice benefit to not have to, you know, use my air conditioner. And There you go. Yeah, so that was uh, that was good. But yeah, my, uh, my peach tree... Um... My my father uh, came and helped me. Uh, my father. My father. Uh, and he helped me uh, kind of restore it because uh, after the ban- branch broke. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> branch, branch broke. broke? <laughs> uh, Was it like corrupted? Did it like. Uh, become- that and over like 
kind of overweight. Okay. Uh, just a okay, lot yeah, of yeah, pieces yeah. on it. So we stripped it down and uh, we're going to do some uh, some TLC to it and really okay. try and bring it and already kind of bounced back. So that was helpful. That, that made me feel bad, better. Bad. <laughs> oh, gosh. Edit that out. Bad. <laughs> Anyways, that was oh, our week's true. What movie are we doing this week? Did anyone guess it? You know what? Okay. So we are definitely venturing into uh, brand new territory today. We're going to be going on to our very first animated feature. So underrated, too. It is underrated. And so I, I uh, popped out some clues onto the uh, to the interwebs, onto the Twitter. Some, Dr- some Drew's clues? Some Drew's clues, Drew's yes! Clues, Drew's clues, yes! That segment, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you heard it here today from this <laughs> From this point forward, they are no longer like guess the movie day one. It that was is live too. That would just happen. Drew's clues. Drew's clues. <laughs> I used to love that show as a kid. <laughs> you know, there's a YouTube video with the guy from Blue's Clues, uh, Steve, not not Joe, not the one who replaced him. Okay, but Steve, the original guy, and he like pops on and it says like, "Where is Steve from Blue's Clues?" And he like pops on and says like, "Hi, I'm Steve. Uh, you know that guy from Blue's Clues?" No. I'm not dead. And <laughs> there we go. He, he talks to you about like what he's been doing. It's kind of funny. So uh, good for oh, him. Yeah, Drew's, Drew's clues. I like it. Anyways, who figured out Drew's clues this week? Okay, well, so I uh, I threw out some pictures on there, some uh, screenshots of the movie. Then I uh, I blacked out a lot of the uh, image, but definitely uh, left some uh, like a corner piece and clues. Landing gear. Landing gear. That'd be funny if actually one of the clues was landing gear for a movie. There we go. Now we just need to find a movie with a plane again. Um, so, uh, Not mo- too hard. Movie Geek and Proud Podcast found out that uh, we're doing 2002's Treasure Planet mm. by Disney. Uh, who else? Yeah, by Disney. So, you know what? This is, a, uh, I think, a highly underrated film. It is, uh, I think, not exactly like entirely appreciated that's an underrated statement I that's think. an underrated statement like it, that it's underrated yeah it really is now i mean by box office standards it was a flop that's because it lost i think like what was it like 79 million dollars but as we have learned and also appreciate like certain movies that do terrible in the box office are not always, like, bad movies. And get, like, a cult following. And get a cult following. I don't know. There's... Maybe people can go back to our first episode and listen to Tremors. And and just, <laughs> yeah, great episode, great movie. But you also just have an overall, like, a good movie. It doesn't have to be, they, they don't all have to be home runs. Right. Games aren't always won that way. So it's, uh, it's, it's a refreshing movie, um, a good take on a very timeless classic right i think it's a uh that was your that was <laughs> that was your ipad ball it's okay <laughs> That's all know, right. I, I do i think it's a, a fantastic adaptation of robert louis stevenson's um treasure island like treasure island it's just a fun fun take on it what are some of the uh versions that you grew up with that i grew up with so i remember besides watching, the book besides <laughs> Sorry, pages had, and words. I had two parents for teachers. I don't. My parents never were like Nathan. This is a timeless classic, like Grapes of Wrath. Read it. Like it only no. But we always had we had like um the classic novel collection. I remember in our home, and it was always like in my uh, bookshelf as a kid. 
So there was like, you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Frankenstein, Treasure Island. I remember like a kid's version of Treasure Island, the book in there. So definitely I read it as a kid. But growing up, I watched the uh, the 1950s version by Disney because Disney has done three adaptations of Treasure Island. And so you had the 1950 uh, version of, of uh, Treasure Island. You had the 1996 Muppet Treasure Ooh, Island, dog. which is so good. Guys, if, if you have not seen Muppet Treasure Island, first off... Get out. <laughs> no, come back like, in. Why do you hate America? That's yeah. my question. It's such a... It's so good. It's so much fun. And you have Tim Curry playing Blackbeard. Not Blackbeard, sorry. Long John Long Silver. Long John Silver. And it's just, it's clever writing. Kermit it's fun. Frog. Kermit the Frog here. No, we need we need uh, Justin from Epic Film Guys to be doing his Kermit the Frog voice. He does a fun Kermit the Frog voice. I like it. Not entirely appropriate, but very funny. Um, so what is it? You also have, um, is it uh, Billy Connolly in the very beginning? Yes! Singing. And then you have the boy. Oh, who Jimmy, never, Jim, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim. Jim. Should never have been allowed to sing in that movie. He had this high soprano voice. I think that's all he really did. Too. That's all. That's, that's like it. one of his only film credits. Yeah, he really. He was like. I think he kind of realized how bad he was. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> Thanks, Hollywood. I'll see you later. Peace. So, and then uh, finally, after uh, 1996, you know, six years later, they have Treasure Planet, which a nice, uh, fresh take on it. Uh, a futuristic take. You know. Who who does that? Yeah. Disney. Disney. <laughs> Disney does it. Disney keeps it fresh. You know, oh, this is a good story, but we already did it. Mm, let's mm. just do it in the future. <laughs> now let's do it in the past. Even <laughs> <laughs> battle. No, that, that would work. No. <laughs> but like it. Like yeah, it a lot. It's great. And uh, more importantly for you folks, we have a fun little trailer. Here it is. November 27th. Mr. Yokan there, right? Beware the cyborg. This appears to be some kind of map. This is the moment Jim Hawkins had always dreamed of. Whoa, treasure planet. Now, he's determined to go for it. This is my chance to set things right. I don't want to lose you. Make you proud. Robert Louis Stevenson's greatest adventure, Treasure Island, as it has never been seen before. All hands to station! Walt Disney Pictures presents Treasure Planet. How cool is this? What are you looking at, weirdo? Yeah, weirdo. Brace yourself. Pleasure to meet you, Jimmy. It's Jim. And you are? I want to say Larry. He may be on a quest for gold. Can make people see me a little different. Mr. Silver? Cyborg. But he better watch out for Silver. Change in plot, Pirates on my ship. Oh, mama. We move now. This isn't over yet. Sometimes, courage can be the greatest treasure of all. You think a pup like you can take on the likes of me? Watch me. 
treasure planet. <laughs> Captain Flint? In the flesh! Except for skin, organs, or anything that resembles flesh. Oh, that Goo Goo Dolls. The Goo Goo Dolls have a fun song for the uh, for the movie itself. A Def- fun song? A fun, okay, fine. A fantastic it, song. <sighs> talked to a buddy of ours uh, that talked about, you know what? You guys need to be just on the feels. And I agree, I agree with him. We need, to, we need to bring it back to the... The we, name we, of this we, podcast. We were, we were told that definitely, like, we should be picking movies with uh, a bit more feel to them, ones that could possibly be a bit higher on the charts. Long story short, like, we were kind of told, like, you know, constructive criticism. I mean, we're not mad at him. We're not taking it any wrong way. Oh, I'm pissed at Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Jack. No. <laughs> no. Just told, like, hey, you need better movies. No, but it was it was a good little wake-up no, call. Of, really like, was. you know, yeah, it really let's was. bring it and, back. But, I mean, what we, what we kind of told him is that, you know... For the beginning of this podcast, we used a website called SuggestMeAMovie.com, yeah. and it's a fantastic website for a little, like, you know, product that it is, and if you're ever in a bind and trying to find a movie, cool, go to the go to the website, punch in your factors, say, suggest me a movie, boom, you got a movie. So, I mean, we made a list. Checked it twice. Checked it twice. You know, we have different- We figured out what movies right. were we naughty. Had, we had at least nice. four, <laughs> four options for each genre that is provided. And so that's like four for me, four for you. We picked two from each, and then we each come together with four movies, and we pick a movie from those four. So it's they're not, not like, all going to be winners, right, but they're, they're all winners. So it's not like we have like this limited selection to choose from. We're limitless. We're no. limit. Uh, oh. oh, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to our previous episode and download Limitless. <laughs> uh, but this movie, honest. Okay, when you become a father. All of a sudden, Disney movies slap you across the face. Mm. Parenthood changes your outlook on a lot of stuff that they throw mm-hmm. out there. And all of a sudden, you start picking up on different traits of these adults right. in these kids' lives that you're like, oh, wow, that was a really good influence. Or, oh, you're not a good influence. Or, hey, maybe step up to the plate, dad of Jim Hawkins. Right. What the heck? And. It doesn't. It doesn't help that Goo Goo Dolls just have this super emotional song to go in the background of it and make Nathan here just want to cry. That's not cool. We'll get to the song. We'll Ugh. get to the song later because it, it comes a little bit later down the line. But guys, you know what? Okay, you have Treasure Planet directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, who honestly have been doing movies together for such a long time, and it's not like. Oh, look, it's an animated feature. We should kind of like, you know, tip our hat to it and go like, oh, yeah, that's Pay great. And then move on. Yeah. No, these are fantastic movies that they've done. They Okay, first off, the one of the very first movies that they did together that I can look back on and go, holy crap, yes, yes, a thousand times yes, 1986's The Great Mouse Detective. <gasps> yeah, I love that movie. Silly old Toby. <laughs> ah! First off, you have Vincent Price playing a rat. Oh. How do you not love that? It's a fantastic little feature. So they did The Great Mouse Detective, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, The Princess and the Frog, and most recently, Moana. I love that you just like blitz through <laughs> like some of the most star-studded, like casted, amazing oh, films. Oh no, I'm not saying like, like I'm gonna like read off the cast, but I mean I'm just like, gonna be getting to the movie. Aladdin, what, you know, Little Mermaid, no big deal. Sorry, let's go that back. No, you 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 did the it right. Great Mouse Detective, Ooh. the Little Mermaid. <laughs> ah. No, 
great film. Oh no, I'm not done yet. <laughs> Aladdin. And um, bear it with me. Hold on now. Get ready for it. Hercules. Ooh. I hope that you throw in some good sound effects right here because that's great. <laughs> the Princess and the Frog and oh Moana. And you know what I say to the last movie? You're welcome. What can I say except you're welcome? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that there's some good slap sound or something. That's great. And a great movie. God, I like Moana. No, it's a, it's a good selection of films. And, you know, okay. With Treasure Planet, rated PG, 2002, you have some really, really good actors that are coming in here. Some so, not so good. Not <laughs> not exactly like that they're bad actors, but I don't know a lot of where their credits are going to come from. Yes, there's IMDb, and I could have gone searching yeah. like, you know, wholeheartedly out, but I'm, I, I mainly looked at the main cast. And so you have, in the beginning of the film, you have a man named Tony J, and he's the narrator. He sets up this scene where this giant ship is, you know, sailing through space, and it's like on a night like this, like Good they thought book. that they were. Oh, it's just it's epic storytelling. It sets it up. The narration is beautiful. You have this ominous voice, and if anybody knows Tony J's voice, um, I can recognize him immediately from two different ways, and one of them is not going to shock any of you who know me. Very, very well. So the first one, he's um, he's Frollo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. So he's like the, uh, what is Frollo? Is, is he like a bishop in The Hunchback of Notre Dame? Uh, he, it's been a while since he's I like watched. The, he's the church guy, Hunchback-y. and I can't think for the life of me, like, what is his position? But okay, but he's that guy. And if anybody out there is a fan of the Golden Girls, he Woo! plays, <laughs> I love me some Golden I Girls. I think we had a couple of, out there so yeah you know what chris from more gooder than he would understand my love for for my squad goals for the ladies <laughs> <laughs> um he plays uh this artist that's building a statue and he's um you know secretly having each of the uh, golden girls come in and pose for him while he's like sculpting the statue and you know it it's revealed at an art gallery and they're all like that's me and they're like the hell it is that's me and sophia comes up it's both of you look at that ass <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, okay. Golden girls. okay so you have you have uh, tony jay as the narrator and he has this timeless voice like things that would almost like rival like Morgan Freeman narrating. Ooh, okay. But like Morgan Freeman works well with any type of narration. Tony J's, it just sounds storybook. Yeah. And it's just so, so good with it. And what? You go on to uh, Brian Murray, uh, Murray, sorry, as John Silver. You have Emma Thompson as Captain Amelia. And uh, people remember Emma Thompson from things like Harry Potter or Nanny McPhee. You have uh, Roscoe Lee Brown as Mr. Arrow. Old school? He's very, very old school. Um, he's narrated quite a few movies. Uh, if anybody ever uh, watched Will and Grace, he was the, um, he was the old black bookstore owner um, in Will and Grace. That they were like trying to shut down the bookstore and he was trying to like get money for it. Uh, you also have, sorry, uh, Joseph Gordon-Lovett as our lead actor. That's my boy. For uh, Jim Hawkins. You know, might remember him from... What Inception, Looper, Fifty Fifty, you know, good good films. He he's one of those guys that I give him the benefit of the doubt on anything he does. Mm-hmm. I really do. I hate to admit it, like anything that he's acting in, I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Especially because I 
I feel comfortable watching stuff with him because he, he's good. He delivers. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think he's a solid actor. I can't really like find any fault in anything that he's, you know, really done. Honestly, yeah. uh, I mean, GI Joe, but I don't, I don't blame Which him. Which GI Joe was he in? Sorry, the first, I, I, the was first he in the one. first one? Okay, yeah. I can't remember the first one. But I don't blame him. I blame everyone that <laughs> that touched I, that. I love that. I don't blame Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, no. I blame the movie <laughs> as a whole. Just t- leave. You, I blame myself. You leave him. You know, I blame myself because I went watched and watched it. I think on like midnight, like they were like doing a midnight showing, and I was like, you know what? Like my buddies were gonna go. We're like, sure, why not? And about halfway through it, I'm like, wow, <laughs> this was a mistake. I'm up this, you know, later early and watching this. Am I gonna tell my kids this one day? No. No, this is this is never happening. But yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You'll reveal great. obviously like other secrets. Yes, it's all like, Daddy, did you ever go to a GI Joe midnight showing? We don't no, talk about this, son. No, son, I had a heroin addiction, <laughs> but no, I didn't see a GI oh, Joe black showing. Black tar. It was a good time. <laughs> no, no, the Real Feels podcast does not condone any type of <laughs> drug use. If you listen to our Limitless episode, we definitely didn't. Um, I was very uh, surprised and. Uh, I kind of forgot that Martin Short did the voice of the uh, the little navigation robot. So good, and it comes, we bring it back around. We bring around. it all back around. Full circle. We, and we make a lot of circles in this podcast. We do, and we don't we don't do this purposely. It's actually like a fun thing when we finally realize. Yeah, this is not after picking a movie. We're like cars oh, yeah, too. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's bring it's it always back. nice to to see these people doing doing more and more. Right, but my favorite. In the voice actors, out of all of this, I was super, super excited to have David Hyde Pierce. Which they actually modeled. They they wrote uh, oh, the, character. the character just for him, like, oh. with him in mind. They're oh, like, yeah, and, this and, is... and it's spot on. You know who it is? It's like, okay, so David Hyde Pierce plays this alien... Dog? Um, like dog type race, and he is a an astronomer. He's a doctor. He's a doctor. Doctor. Uh, doctor Derek Doppler. Doppler. Yeah, and so it's it's funny because you look at this uh, the mannerisms of this like dog scientist guy who is voiced by David Hyde Pierce, and you immediately think if you are a fan of Frasier, you're like, holy crap, it's Niles. Yes, it's Niles with to a, a T, like. With a bit more confidence, but the, he doesn't have the nervous spasms because Daphne's not here. In the very, very beginning, he's just like, mm. <laughs> it's like, go <laughs> away. <laughs> Small child, how are you? Where, where are your parents? Where are your parents? <laughs> hmm. Yes, that's actually one of my favorite scenes. And we'll, I'll come back to it. It's actually one of my favorite lines in the entire movie because it, it brings up the idea that despite the fact that it is a, uh, it, that it is a child's movie, it is an animated feature. There is so much in here for the adults to appreciate. Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, it's it's interesting that the movie itself, again, as we said, was a uh, a box office flop. It had a uh, estimated budget of $140 million. The opening Some weekend. Coin. Yeah. I don't know, the, the opening weekend, however, was only $12 million. Ah, well. The, uh, the U.S. gross was <clears throat> $38 million. And uh, the cumulative worldwide gross was only $109 million. So so go out and buy this uh, on the Disney <laughs> Blu-ray. <laughs> you know what? No. I contributed to it. I, I rented it on, uh, on Amazon. I don't so, know I mean, if I, I contributed. It. I, don't know if you tri- I don't think I did. I mean, okay. So, I mean, like the $79 million loss. In my I heart, though, I did. <laughs> I've talked about it at length to people. 
I've done my part. You've done your part. Yeah. You've done it around. So yeah, I think I think a lot of the uh the money that was lost was definitely the uh the income that didn't come with the cumulative worldwide gross as well as the uh the failed marketing budget. It's kind of like looking back at Disney with uh John Carter, how they how they oh lost so much money because it was improperly marketed. It's not that it's like a horribly bad movie. It was just it wasn't marketed well. Which I think is a, a big part of this whole failure is that they right. just kind of like eh. But the thing is they're trying to piggyback off of the success of Atlantis, the and Lost t- Empire. You think Titan AE a little bit? Well, what, no, what, year, th- what year was Titan AE? Because Ooh. Atlantis, the Lost Empire came out in 2001. So I think they were trying to, again, piggyback on the success of Atlantis. Because, I mean, even like the animation style is very, very similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. Apparently, like, the works going into the movie itself had started quite some time before that. Titan AE was 2000, so... Okay, so... again, Okay, so this is good. This is actually one of the points that I was going to make. Guys, I promise we'll actually get into, like, plot and yeah. everything soon, <laughs> but... Um, it shows that in the early 2000s, especially probably in, like, the late 90s, you have a definitive mark where they're going to start changing Disney movies from the happy, sing-songy type of stories to very adult and very uh, serious type of tales to be told. Yes. All right? Things that are actually going to, like, show imminent danger. I mean, not that there isn't imminent danger in, you know, different... 101 Dalmatians, like... (laughs) With Cruella DeVille and the... Driving? Actually, yeah, that dangerous car chase. She was just scary, like, period. That was also a very big time when there was a lot of smoking. In like yeah, kids' was. movies, have you noticed that there was smoking she was smoking all the two time. cigarettes at once? That's how much smoking there was, Drew. She had two cigarettes that connected. I remember that because I was like, <laughs> "Okay, smoking's like, bad for you," smoking. and she's smoking two cigarettes at once. This is not okay. Okay, but like the point that I'm trying to think of is that you have again a serious tale. You have things like Titan or Titan AE. Okay, <laughs> okay, fine, Titan AE. They're trying to. You know, find their home. They're trying to... Weren't they trying to find, like, a, a replacement planet? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Okay, then Atlantis Lost Empire. You're having them search for, literally, a lost civilization. And then you have the bad guy willing to destroy an entire civilization to gain the crystal. Whatever power is, yep. you know, powering Atlantis. And now Treasure Planet, again, going after this, you know treasure that is locked on a single planet and a retelling of the classic you know novelization of uh, treasure island it's so serious because people are in imminent danger people die and yeah. it's very very serious yet at the same time you have enough colorful lights and scenery and goofball characters that kids are going to be uh easily entertained keep it lighthearted right and if parents are watching the movie with the kids which more than often or not they probably will be there's good dialogue written into the script for the characters to be conversing that is great for the it's parents quick. to follow. And it's very quick-witted. Very it's super quick. funny. Especially the dialogue that is between Dr. Doppler and Captain Amelia. So good. It's super funny. And I actually, I, I have some of those quotes that are, I think, rather quick-witted and very, very funny between the two. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, the beginning of the movie, you have the narrator talking about a ship 
a sailing ship that is carrying like precious cargo and they think they're safe. But lo and behold, you have pirates right on their tail. And they are attacking the ship, trying to board it, steal the treasure. And lo and behold, you see this giant face come up between the two ships when they're side by side and blasting each other. And it's a young boy's face. And you're like, what, what the hell's going on? Why, why is there a giant head in space? And then you realize that it's young Jim Hawkins at like the age of four. And he's reading a storybook. So apparently storybooks in the future are all hollow tapes. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know what? That's not bad. And so he's reliving this tale. Apparently at this point in time, so much time has passed that it's now a, a kid's storybook. So the idea that Captain Nathaniel Flint has already taken the treasure of a thousand worlds and hidden it away, that it's made its, you know, into storybook time. It's interesting. Yeah. And so uh, later on, you find out that the time that has passed between when he starts to search for the treasure and when the treasure was officially like lost has been a hundred years. You know, I mean, and time must really fly in this world and technology doesn't... Doesn't advance that much? Yeah. Because it seems like the ship that's still in the kinda, story... Still <laughs> kind of ships and, you know... It's the same type of ships. Yeah. But, okay, so he, grow, da, 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 he, grow, he grows up into this young, you know... Jimmy for, Dean. Right, okay, so yeah. Or James Dean, James sorry. Dean. The, Jimmy Dean. The character uh. itself is based on James Dean. So you have, you know, for lack of a better word, you have this young rapscallion who doesn't necessarily want to abide by society's rules. Very James Tiberius Kirk. Yep, yep. Yeah. And so he is... That's actually a great way to... That's exactly what... That's exactly what's happening. I thought that, that they were portraying him as uh, not... Not this, but James Tiberius. Exa- that is perfect. I didn't even like think of that. Like driving the car. Okay. Yeah. So if anybody remembers the Star Trek movie when he's driving the car and he realizes that he's coming up to the uh, cliff, the, to the cliff, and he starts like gunning it. He's shifting the gears faster, and he's just like, yeah. And then he ditches. Sabotage. <laughs> and he ditches the car and tries to jump out as quickly as as he can. This is the same thing with James Hawkins. He's riding this. I guess you would call it like. A solar sail, like a yeah. like a you know a little sailboard with um, a little rocket on the back, and he's ditching the sail, which would give him any type of directional you know input on how he's doing anything, and he just like guns the engine goes by the feel. and he and there's this wheel at like a refinery, and there's small openings as the wheel is progressively turning, and he's like you know immediately that he's like. I got to make it through it. I got to make it through that small hole before it turns. I'm going to be crushed. I could totally die. Let's do this. <laughs> Smokes a cigarette. <laughs> Let's go. Right. But I mean, like when he guns the engine and he propels towards the opening, his face is kind of like, yeah. I mean, he's ready. Like he's a he teenager. Knows, he's, teenager. And he's living on the edge. He's living on the edge. And uh, lo and behold, the popo. Five-o. <laughs> the five-o. They, uh, they come up and they uh, find him. And the next scene is coming into the inn where his mother is running the show, running her own little business, her little uh, a B and B, if you will. And she's trying to serve everybody, and you know, you're seeing the different types of aliens. I think this scene right here speaks a lot, probably to nerds and geeks alike, um, because one in 
and sorry everyone for going down this uh this geek path but Tangent. like everything that like you do in like D typically starts out in an inn it starts out in a tavern and there's all a lot of times there's a, or just in good movies like when you're at a bar or something and there's a lot of colorful people that are right. just very different walks of life different races different you know nationalities and it's just this hive of everything mm-hmm. so it was a good opening moment of oh this world has got a lot of different people mm-hmm. in it mm-hmm. You know, some are weird. Some are kind of dogish uh, type characters. Some yeah, there's there's like a are into bugs and I don't know. Yeah, one's like a toad type creature. Yeah. You have David Hyde Pierce's character who's like a dog thing. Um, and it's weird because it's not that. I'm actually trying to figure out if there are any other humanoid, not even humanoid, but like humans. Not on the ship. Not on the ship. Are there? There's no more in the bar. Yeah. Are humans like a dying species? Are these the remainders of Titan AE? Oh. <laughs> I'm sure that there's some. There's probably somewhere because they, they do open up a galaxy map. Yeah. And there's planets upon planets and nebulas and everything like that. But James is uh, eventually brought in by the cops. And, you know, they're basically saying, like, you know, this violates his probation. One more act, he'll go to juvenile hall. We've seen his type, ma'am. You know, a loser. Going nowhere. Ouch. And he's kind of giving that eye, like, "Thanks, thanks." I, uh... yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what I needed to hear right now. Yeah, and but he's living that life that he like he almost he's trying. To, he's rebelling. Yeah, and he's he's not doing exactly like what he should be doing. But then again, it's it's just him acting out. And the mother's even saying, like, "I don't want to see you waste your life." And his immediate response is like, "What life?" Mm-hmm. And you know, she uh, she kind of confides in Doctor Dobler. And saying, like, I don't know what to do with him. I'm at my wits end. I'm trying to run a business and watch out for him. He's failing school. He's getting in trouble with the law. Like, I honestly don't know what to do. And Jim's overhearing it while he's waiting outside and immediately crashing into the planet down by the uh, down by the end in one of the uh, the space docks. It's uh, it's a ship. And it crashes. And he's like, oh, my God. Crap. A ship. And he's like, hey. Adventure. Hey, <laughs> Mr. Mister, you okay? And then like the, that that shocking hand like hits the glass, Ugh. and he's like, ah! And out pops this turtle-like creature, and he's like, oh, can you hear him? There he coming. Can you hear those gears? So there's there's actually some words in that first little uh, quick monologue that he gives that is actually tied um, when he talks about you know, the devil himself mm. uh, in relation to silver, that's very uh, picked up on, on the original context. Yes. That's, and I love that almost every adaptation kind of picks like piggybacks off that little line of like, and the devil himself, like, oh, yeah. cause he's coming. Don't be fooled. Yeah. He's like, who's coming for you? He's like the cyborg. He's like, they're gonna have to, they're, he wants me chest. Don't, he'll never get it. He'll have to pry it from Billy Bones' dead hand. Which, and they don't really like change the name too. I Billy li- Bones, yeah, and, and they don't, and or even Silver, really. Uh, yeah, or I mean, I guess Jim Hawkins, Jim to Hawkins. James Hawkins. Um, but having the whole missing a leg and adapting it to he's a cyborg. He's a cyborg. Yep, love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I think it's super. And instead of well an eye done. patch, he has like his cyborg fake eye. eye. Yeah, and his arm. It's which is a little bit more than it's. It's like a it's like a Swiss Army knife. 
Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and just like an extreme Swiss Army knife. Yeah, is, why don't uh, you lose both arms, bud? Is John Silver's uh, arm. And okay, so again, yes, you have this fantastic adaptation of a futuristic treasure island. And instead, of course, on an island where the you know treasure could be uh, you know planted, it's on a planet. Yeah. And lo and behold, inside Billy Bones's treasure chest is this random orb, almost like a. Uh, like the uh, like the Hellraiser puzzle box, except in a sphere. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, outside, there's a ship that's landing, and coming out of the ship, they can clearly see like these are not good people. This is this is not gonna end well. So they run up the stairs, and they're trying to leave the inn. They're trying to hide, and you know the doors being busted down, and there's pe- things being broken and knocked over, and you hear like the voice just shouting like, "Where is it? Find it!" and they have to jump out the window and make their way to Dr. Doppler's uh, observatory, his home as well. And from there, Jim is able to open up the sphere. And he realizes that it projects in this fantastic green light. Guys, you got to understand, if you haven't seen this movie, some of the visualizations and the special effects in this film are fantastic. Really good. They're so appealing to watch. And so, what? It, uh, it makes the giant map. And Dr. Doppler's looking around. He's all like, oh, this is us. We're on this planet. And that's that's the nebula. And I think once he touched it, it like made a map saying like, you know, where are you? How, okay. do, you, how do you got to get back? That's what I assume it is. <laughs> oh, you want to go to PetSmart? It's right. over here. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a giant Google map. Yeah. Well, we're here. Okay, this will take us this direction. But there's a shortcut that's five minutes shorter here. So, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> just ways. like, it's taking him back to Treasure Planet. And... They're both, it's weird how, like, they're both immediately on board, but for two completely different reasons. You have Jim finally having this adventure and a purpose that he's kind of been, like, searching for his entire life. Yeah. Like, he even asked his mother as a child, like, do you think anyone will ever find the treasure? And the mother's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's more like a legend, not not real, because... (laughs) Kind of like leprechauns. Right, (laughs) because by that time, it had been, like, what, over 80 years? Yeah. Since, you know, even Flint was alive. And so, of course, to her, it's like, yeah, no, no, I've heard that story. But do you think that it, do you think that it even was that long ago? Do you think that, like, maybe they just, see, that's where I'm kind of like, No, because remember when we, because later in the movie when you meet Ben uh, Martin's, or sorry, Martin Short's character, uh, Ben, the robot, he said, like, oh, I remember old Flint. Yeah, that was a hundred years ago. So, obviously, he's been there for a hundred years. And so, James has the purpose now. Dr. Doppler's like, oh my gosh, my name can go down in history. history yeah. I will be the greatest, you know, astronomer ever. And even the, mo- the mother's all like, do you really want to do this because it's the right choice or because you want to go? And he's like, because it's the right choice. Yeah. And I really, really want to go. <laughs> <laughs> so they set out for adventure. And they eventually, uh, Dr. Doppler like funds the, funds the, uh, the voyage expedition the expedition that's the word and uh jim brings the map along with him and dr doppler is gosh he's one of those guys where he like clearly has never gone on like a real adventure so of course he goes to the uh the outdoorsman's store and he buys everything and they're like oh yeah they said that this would be perfect for winter weather yeah it's summer but they said it'd be perfect yeah. and that i looked dashing in it <laughs> <laughs> he he Gets all suited up, literally. Mm, literally, like in a 
in a, like a spacesuit. And it's weird because during that time, Jim, I mean, cabin boys, man, you you just got like kicked around. Oh, yeah. No I one's mean, giving him any type of respect. And he thinks that he's just going to go on the voyage and be like, like just, you know, enjoying the ride. Yeah, just part of it. But later he finds out that he's going to be helping the ship's cook, Mr. Silver. Which when we get to him and we're introduced to him. Uh, that I think that's the the kickoff of okay this is what we can expect of him and his accent and <laughs> and, and just, yeah. his demeanor, everything about him and quickly you will find that it's okay so he the ship is run aground a couple of times <laughs> yeah um the map is eventually like hidden away because Dr. Doppler gives uh like an announcement saying like and this is young jim hawkins he's the one who found the treasure <laughs> like as his mouth is being shut up and she's all like dr doppler a word my quarters <laughs> and she doesn't like don't don't ever announce treasure to pirates to pi- like not why well, i doubt she knows they're pirates but like no to a, crew, she- to a crew like this i think she knows that they're like less than reputable sorts or maybe like some of them are ex-pirates but basically it's kind of like hiring like an ex-con. Like I guess there's the idea that, oh my gosh, like don't mention like free money <laughs> or money that could possibly be stolen or leading to a fortune. You know the idea. I guess like that's like the mindset or the fear that she has. Like don't do that. And so like she starts to, like make fun of him. I love this. Um, where where does she go? No, I don't. I didn't write that down. Okay, sorry. I, I wrote down another line. Um, so basically, like, she gets in this argument with him saying, like, um, okay, I've never come across something that is so, like, idiotic and imbecilic. And he's like, what? Imbecilic? <laughs> I've, got, I've got foolishness. But basically, like, she's using even a larger vocabulary than he is. And it's kind of funny because you have this, like, emasculating character for Dr. Doppler who's all like, I'm a big, important scientist. I'm funding this expedition. Who are you? <laughs> and and she's a cat? She's like a cat. Like, the claws are coming through the gloves. Kind of weird. A little bit. A little bit. That the dog is, I guess, eventually, like, attracted, attracted to, to the, the cat. Yeah. And vice versa. But whatever. Opposites attract, I guess. Like it, it, I don't know. It was the one kind of, like, watching it again moment. I'm like, huh. Oh, well. Yeah. It, it's, meh. So they eventually learn where their places will be. Like, Dr. Doppler is going to be up on top with uh, Mr. Arrow, uh, Captain Amelia's right-hand man, who looks like a giant rock monster. Yeah. And uh, young Jim James Hawkins is going to be down below with Mr. Silver, the ship's cook. And eventually, he finds that he has the mechanical leg, the mechanical arm, and the robot eye. And his first words upon, like, gazing on him is like, Cyborg. Uh, just like the one that I talked to that died. Right. It's all like, mm, <laughs> Billy Bones said, beware the cyborg. And, and sure enough. <laughs> sure enough, there's a cyborg. And I'm, I'm teamed up with you like a... Right, like I don't get to, I don't get to go anywhere, but apparently I'm going to be stuck here. And so, you know, the voyage, you know, sets off. They're starting to go their own ways, and he's uneasy of Silver, but 
you can kind of see Silver's like charismatic ways about him. He tries to like smooth talk the captain. Well, he knows stuff. Like he's oh, not yeah. like he's not a just like a dumb sailor that only knows like how to like load a cannon. Like he knows everything about a boat on top of being a really good cook. Oh right. No, yeah. He's he's uh he's Matt Damon. You know, yeah. he's the Matt Damon janitor <laughs> who knows <Touché>. math. <laughs> and he t- he starts kind of teaching him like, hey, there's a lot to learn that if you want to learn it, like I can teach you. And so and uh, this is the moment where you can finally experience the first song in the entire movie that has any words. OK, and it's called I'm Still Here. By the Goo Goo Dolls. And it's so... Okay, you groan, but you know you love it. I do! No, that's the thing. I groan because it's like... It it tugs at the heartstrings. It does tug at the heartstrings. In a really good way. So, in in the the best sort of fashion that Disney does... Guys, I'll I'll put the link to the YouTube video for for this song in the uh, show notes. So you guys can also, like, take a listen. Or if you just want to download the movie, you can do the same thing. Um, In proper Disney fashion, when a song is going about you have flashbacks and you have also like montages that go on where you don't necessarily need the dialogue between son the of two. man phil Collins. Oh, i mean yeah i love phil Collins. and there's and a reason why you like it because they they put in information right that pertains just to that song yes and, in such and it's such appropriate to the lyrics yes so I almost mean, like it was written for it. <laughs> it was written for it. Long story short, you have the song depicting the emotions of uh, a father leaving. Yeah, like a father leaving his son. You have um, not really being Joy- a father. Okay, so you have uh, you have Lovett's character of James Hawkins, basically grew up without his father there, and when he was there, he was gone in a flash, and he eventually just flat out abandoned. Left, him. just the gone. Man, the boy never grew up with a father. And so he never had anyone to, like, show him how to do things. The mother was too busy basically trying to earn bread for the family to survive. Yep. And now he feels like the world is against him. You know, the opening lines are saying, like, I'm not a question uh, to the world. I'm only an answer to be heard. Hmm. You know, there's no one to show me, like, the ways of the world. You know, no one's going to, you know, ask me, um, how am I doing? They're only going to assume. And... It's it's through the I guess admiration that is eventually gained with Silver from showing him how to take care of the ship, how to cook a bit, how to clean, be responsible, like how to act like a man. He starts seeing Silver as like a father figure to him, and because he's a little bit tough on him. I mean, he's a little t- yeah, he's tough hey, on him. Here's here's a uh, Mister Mop <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Bucket, Mrs. Bucket. Okay. What's really funny, and people who enjoy a good program from the BBC network will understand, when he says, here's Mrs. Bucket, I immediately think of the show Keeping Up Appearances with uh, Patricia Rutledge. It's a funny, funny, funny British show about a woman who thinks she's like upper class, but she's really not. And their last name is Bucket, but she always answers the phone. The bouquet residence, the lady of the house speaking. And they're like, Mrs. Bucket. That's bouquet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that made me laugh. Um, but yeah, he he starts to grow fond of Silver, and Silver grows fond of him. Yeah. He starts getting a soft spot for the boy, and he eventually, as we know, has to like act all tough around his pirate cronies who were in hiding. 
you know, as loyal ship personnel and, you know, manual labor. And leader. Like, he's, and he's their leader. Yeah. He is like the pirate overlord. And it's just, it is this sentimental song that basically lets you know everything about Jim that you need to know of why he's there, why he acts the way he is, and the change in demeanor that eventually comes. And it's it's after this like cleaning montage and maybe a little bit before that you find a slew of characters. You have the different uh, pirates that are working the ship. Which, what, a lot of their, like, uh, visual uh, depictions are kind of, like, characterized by, if, like, a guy is slimy, maybe the alien that is, uh, you know, portrayed by the character is actually, like, slimy. Or if he's kind of creepy, like Mr. Scroop is, like, a spider scorpion thing. Mr. Scroop, who is uh, played by Michael Wincott and... The first time that I saw him, I think I almost want to say it was The Three Musketeers, the Disney version. Okay, yeah. With uh, Chris O'Donnell. Yep, yep, yep. And I remember after that movie going, I hope that that bad guy's been in more stuff. (laughs) Because he was awesome. Uh, Rochefort. Uh, Isn't that a smelly kind of a cheese? (laughs) Great great movie. Uh, Oh, and Tim Curry. I don't even know that's a... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Treasure Island later on. But... I thought for the character that he is in the role that um, in other Treasure Islands uh, is portrayed a little bit more, a little more fleshed out mm-hmm. because when Jim later on, way later on gets, you know, back on the boat by himself, pretty much uh, it's Mr. Scroop or, you know, this pirate that is with him that right. teaches him kind of a little bit more about how to run the ship, uh, how to, how to move it around and get it to where he needs to go, and then uh, is technically where he ices him. Uh, you know, Jim's first like first like double his first kill, his first his first kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like say hello to Arrow for me. <laughs> say hello to your say hello to yourself. No. Uh. If you watch the movie, guys, you'll get that. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so, I mean, you start meeting a bunch of different characters, the different pirates, you know, who are not exactly with him. They're totally against him. Basically, they don't really trust the kid because he's getting kind of nosy. But then you come across the character that is, I think, totally gimmicky and meant for product sales. Along with Martin Short's, like, robot character, you have the character of Morph. Ah. The the faux pas p- uh, parrot for, for uh, Silver. Yep. So morphs this little like blob of pink cotton candy stuff that is able to like ship shape shift Nickelodeon gack. I don't know. Right, like- and so he doesn't really have, have like a voice himself. He just like this little like. But then he can well shape. Done. Thank you. <laughs> but then he can I'd like, like to thank more for coming on the show and. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but he can shape shift into different characters and like mimic their voices, and it isn't until. You know, Silver finally, I guess, like, betrays Hawkins because uh, he's waking up and he's trying to find his boots and Morph has changed into a boot. And he's, you know, messing around with him and uh, Hawkins is trying to chase Morph and eventually chases him down into the galley. And down there, he's in a uh, barrel full of fruit and, you know, he dives in to get Morph. And while he's in there, like, trying to grab Morph, 
it's then the pirates are coming together in the galley and going like, we don't want to wait any longer. We want to strike now. We want our fair share. We need to get that map. And then Silver, like, comes in, shadow, looming over all of them and going like, we strike when I say we strike. Uh, you are a bad guy. Yeah, he realizes like, oh my God, this is terrible. And he addresses Mr. Stroop and he says like, and if you pull one more stunt like you did with Mr. Arrow, It'll be yours. And that's basically kind of like guilt. admission of guilt <laughs> connecting back to when there was this. They, they do a fun job of adapting again to futuristic, you know, stylings of what could happen out on the open sea. But while well, they're in space. Yeah. So instead of like a monsoon hitting, they have a planet explode. It's going so supernova. It's going. Yeah. Oh, sorry. They had a not a planet. You're right. Star. They had a sun. Or sun. A su- yeah. They had a sun, sun go supernova. And explode. So they have to deal with the shockwave and different bits of like meteor catching fire and They're trying like blowing to blowing it them. out of the yeah, right. guys. And good. so they had to try and get away from that and, you know, take down the sails so they don't get hit and burn up. And then, you know, I guess uh some of the things that could happen in the ocean, there might be a, a whirlpool. So the whirlpool depicted there is the uh the sun the black hole becoming the black hole. And that's where we lose Mr. Arrow because Mr. Scroop cuts his lifeline, his uh, his rope that's attaching him to the ship, and Mr. Arrow gets sucked into the black hole. And uh, that's where, uh, you know, Silver's saying, like, you do the same thing, and, like, I'm, I'm going to get you. You are cutting it so close, and uh, you're going to, like, reveal all of our, like, plans that yeah. are, you know, too, too close to being ruined. And at that point, they hear... The loud call of, you know, planet ho! We, yeah. <laughs> we found it. It land. <laughs> right. And. A big ball of it. <laughs> a big ball of it. Jim, or James later is found out that he was hiding. Silver finds him down below. He's like, oh, hey, Jimbo. Hear Play- anything good? <laughs> playing games, are we? Oh, yeah. I like playing games. Oh, yeah. Me too. I just always hated losing. Good Caribbean. Uh, His accent. Uh, it's all it's, over the it's place. It's like, it's, it's Caribbean, a little bit of Irish, a little bit of Scottish. It's like Kevin Costner and uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. You're like, wait, are you English? Or, you- Lee, or Liam what? Neeson as a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> they try ever so they hard. They try. But it's a, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not until they get down to the planet that, well, first off, before they even get down to the planet, the second that Jim... Uh, James basically I keep saying Jim because I know it's Jim Hawkins Jim Jim Jimmy Jim, <laughs> Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim he Jim. still calls him Jim yeah Jim is short for James but James attacks Silver because he knows that he's a phony and everything that you know he's been trying to tell him like you have greatness in you you know you, the stars are all, gonna bathe in your brightness all buttering him up and so he basically realizes like you're lying to me everyone lie it breaks all that confidence that <sighs> the Goo Goo Doll set up for us and <laughs> It's immediately gone. And it's at the point that they finally see the planet and they're going to go down to the planet that, you know, Silver basically announces to all the pirates, like, change of plans. We strike now. And, you know, his arm changes to a cutlass instead of like the, you know, mechanical fingers. It, you know, uh, what? um, What am I trying to say? It, uh, it's uh, switch. Switch. Switch blade. I can't was think rough, of the word Drew. right now. That's so bad. Um, it's Swiss Army Knives. 
into a cutlass. Nice. And uh, basically, they start to like raid the ship. And luckily, uh, the captain and Dr. Doppler and uh, James are able to get into a lifeboat, get down onto the planet, uh, you know, taking some casualties and not, not anyone dying, but the captain is hurt. Captain is hurt, yeah. And, and it's on that planet that they meet Martin, Martin Short. Short's character, Ben. And Ben is the navigation robot that was with Captain Flint a hundred years ago. Do you think that this is the most accurate depiction? Depriction? Depriction? We are all over the place with words today. This is fun. Of Martin Short. Like, if you had to make it uh, an adaptation of him, I think it's spot on. I think it's a... I think it's a fun depiction of him, like his zaniness that can be seen. Just that, wow, wow. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. he's funny, and it's it's good. But it also, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like the idea is like, is is the character a been necessary? Well, he adds the, he adds a lot of the information of, hey, maybe like our confirmation. That's, right. That's about it. But I mean, it also kind of like begs the. He's the countdown. He is the, the okay. So there's there's a little bit for him, but um, ten seconds, MacGyver. <laughs> right. The zaniness it uh, it adds to be funny for it. Again, I think it was another idea to like create a character that could sell toys for yep. the movie itself. And later we find out that like he has lost his memory, but he knows that when he tries to access his access that information, he's he kind of goes haywire, and he's all like, no, 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 treasure in the in the centroid of the mechanism, centroid of the mechanism, centroid of the mechanism, centroid of the mechanism, reboot, 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 like, you know, access denied, error 404, file not found, <laughs> and he, he's just a computer, he's just a computer, and so eventually, they hide out in Ben's home, they do find a way to get into the planet, like the planet is not as organic as it really is. It's yeah. a it's a giant machine that has, you know, had some, uh, you know, flora kind of like grow on top of it. But they open up a door that leads to miles and miles of like machinery and pathways underneath the planet, which somehow they also magically find the right pop up door that's near the pirate encampment. As the pirates landed on the planet and basically yes. said, like, where's the map? Give us the map and you'll live. Well, because the map has the is like the, the key. map is the key. And all this while, Morph has taken the map, the sphere, and hidden it back on the ship. So the pirates think they have it. Morph was disguised as the map. And later, J- James found out that it was Morph in his pocket, not the map. So the map is back up on the ship. And so technically, both groups are screwed. Yeah. And they they need the map to, to get to the treasure, obviously. So what? James has to uh, steal their, uh, their, Life, the their lifeboat, their dinghy, and back you know up. go back up. They're which, actually called longboats, not dinghy. Like, oh, dinghy is much smaller. Yeah. It? And like longboats were like what they had on the sides. That was... That's true. Yeah. So... Okay, they they get the boat back up there, which, again, no explanation how they snuck past all the pirates, got the boat, and then made their way back up. Same thing for somehow popping up right next to the pirate encampment. Yeah. It's fine. I can I can separate that. They get back on the boat. Mr. Scroop is there to try and stop them. And they eventually get away. And this is where, obviously, we talked about how James, like, killed Mr. Scroop. Yeah. And again, 
growing fun, up. Fun visualizations. You have Ben join them as they go back on the ship, and they're like, we need to disable the cannon so they can't, like, fire down onto the planet and destroy everything. And as Ben is, like, scooting away, he's, like, singing um, little lines from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. He's all like, yo-ho, yo-ho, disable the cannons we go. <laughs> Um, hey, it's all in Disney. They can do whatever they no, want. No, it, it is Disney. Disney can do whatever the heck they want with it. It's it's just, it's fun for it. I mean, if you look on the ship itself, um, they give kind of like a uh, homage to Robert Louis Stevenson because uh. the ship is called the RLS Legacy. Oh, mm. I don't know if I caught that. No, there's That's also great. a uh, there's also a Lilo and Stitch in a uh, astronaut's outfit in young Jim- James Hawkins' bedroom. Oh. It's, it's like sitting on the bookshelf. See, I like when they do things like that. I like when they tie in, because you know why? They can. Who's going to tell them they can't? Right. Nobody. I mean, they own everything. They they really do. They own us. Ah, I wish. (laughs) Disney, if you'd like to buy us. Disney. Give us a call. Sponsor. (laughs) You know, we don't even need sponsors. I just want a lifetime pass to Disneyland. Yeah. We're we're pretty cheap. Yeah, really. Just, um, you know, all access year-round pass. That'd be great, right? Works for me. I think so. Good. Yeah. So, okay, I mean, they get on the ship. They get the map back. Uh, Mr. Swoop, Scroop is uh, floating off into space. Scroopals. Possibly dead. Um, and they get back down, and they find out that the pirates have already taken captive of Dr. Doppler and uh, Captain Amelia. They tie them up. They take James hostage, basically, to follow the map to a ledge. And... They're like, what happened? The map stopped. What do we do? He finds a little alcove in the floor and he, you know, slams the the sphere down into the alcove and he realizes that it pops up another, you know, projection and he can tap the map. And when he taps a certain location or a planet, it pops open this like prismatic doorway and he realizes this is how he has the loot of a thousand worlds. Because he can just jump. It's it's a it's a quantum leap jump. Essentially, yeah, to like wherever he wants in the galaxy, and that's and then how back home. right, and then back home, and that's how the ship was able to escape every single time that they robbed somebody, and boom, they Brilliant. were gone without a trace. And it's in the core of the planet. This whole movie, though, doesn't really go into like the black spot, though, does it? No, which is kind of sad because I mean, in- because none of them actually betray Silver. Yeah, it, and maybe because they just wanted to like tighten it up a little bit but that is a really fun moment in a lot of other well especially like in the muppet muppet <laughs> muppet treasure oh they <laughs> tim curry does a great job but that that feeling of because that's when he kind of actually chooses jim over the crew right and says like hey go go jim like i got this yeah it's it's going into they go into the center of the planet where, like, the treasure of a thousand worlds is. And this is where Ben Martin George's character is constantly like, there's something about this place. I can't think about what it is. I just remember, but I don't have my brain. Do you have my brain? And they trip an alarm, like a it's silent they alarm. they walk in, pretty much. It's, it's a booby trap. And apparently uh, Captain Flint had rigged the planet to explode so that no one would ever ever find his treasure and take it for themselves. That's how I have my house. If you walk into my house and you're not me or my family, the whole house just blows up. No, I'm kidding. It's <laughs> like, I've walked in. You're like, Nathan, I've walked in many I've a time. Many that, times. That, that didn't happen. Oh. So they eventually, uh, some of them escape. Not everybody escapes. And because I have a treasure of a thousand planets in my house. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm really bathing in it, Drew. <laughs> uh, I am Jim Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> so they eventually escape, but not before Silver has to give up holding on to like a longboat that has some treasure in it or save Jim, who's dangling from the side of a piece of the planet. Essentially, again, it's all mechanisms. So like different, you know, scraps of metal are being, you know, jettisoned upward and falling down and part of the explosions. So he decides to save Jim, let go of the planet. And it's even at that moment that they tumble back out of the portal onto the surface of the planet rather than in the middle of it. And he's all like, Silver, you gave up. He's like, oh, towards nothing, Jim. Just a lifelong obsession. I'll get over it. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about me. <laughs> it's just everything I've been hoping for and wishing for and, and planning for and I scheming just, for. I just wanted it so bad. But thank you. You're alive. Yeah. That's all that matters now. Some little runaway runt. <laughs> you that- couldn't even grab one coin. <laughs> <laughs> so they eventually make it back onto the RLS you know, legacy that has made it down onto the planet to pick them up. But they realize, oh my gosh, this planet is going to explode. We're not going to get out of here in time. And James then realizes that, oh my gosh, if I can get back to the sphere, I can open a gateway. And we can get out of here. (coughs) I can open a gateway back to the spaceport, you know, where we started this whole adventure. And we'll be safe. But of course, he has no way to get there in time because the ship is not going to get fast enough to get there in time. And so he immediately, like, constructs another, like, solar board. The one that he was, you know, resembles the ones that he was writing in the beginning of the movie. Do you think this is a call backslash related to Tarzan of a lot of that kind of surfing through the trees that he does? Um, Maybe. I mean. And just that 90s kind of early 2000s of skateboarding and surfing was very popular. Um, Possibly, unless they were like trying to just basically like Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two Days. That's... I love Tony Hawk. Yeah, and those were nobody nobody didn't like it, so everyone loved it. But that I feel like that was just such a like homage to yeah, right. and I think trying to like connect as many like oceany sea you know type of aspects to it because I mean again he's not really like surfing on the ocean. He's just kind of like gliding through the air being projected by you know rocket fuel and lo and behold of course there's that moment of tension right at the end he he hits a crevasse right before he can get to right before he can get to the sphere and of course the engine goes out and he falls down below and he's able to like reignite it at that last second and then of course hits the sphere goes through it with the ship at that last second while you know ben the navigation robot is counting down, going like, 17 seconds, 10 seconds. Boy, how do you better do it? <laughs> and, you know. At the buzzer. In, at the buzzer, they oh. have, um, it, it's, uh, I love that fact that it's like Dr. Doppler, who's pilot, who's, you know, manning the, um, the steering wheel of the ship. And you have the pirates who are like tied up below deck. They're all like, we were safer on blowing a planet. <laughs> We should not be here. This movie really did need a line when Jim's trying to restart that uh that engine. 
if you just would have said, ah, landing gear. <laughs> Boom, this whole movie. There were lots set. of like funny little quick one-liners. Like the like again, the uh the pirates saying like we were safer on the blowing up planet. The, there's one where they're like gathering treasure and he's all like, We're gonna need a bigger boat <laughs> <laughs> because they need so much for the treasure. Or um you have uh, Dr. Doppler when Captain Amelia is hurt and he was all like, well, can't you help her? He's all like, James, I'm a doctor. Uh, not, a, <laughs> not that kind of doctor, but a, doctor. a real doctor. I mean, this is more of a doctor where I would like sit and talk to people. I mean, practically we're useless, but no. <laughs> so it's just calling back to like, you know, little things like, you know, Dr. James McCoy on James McCoy. No. Whatever, D- Dr. McCoy on Star Trek. I yes. can't remember his first name. Um, but Bones. He, Bones McCoy, yeah. He would I always, don't know. If the, no, no, that's right. It's Bones. Is, is it Bones? Yeah, it's Just, Bones, yeah. Uh, he, okay. he would always say, like, damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a chiropractor. <laughs> damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not an architect. And so they eventually make it back to the spaceport. You know, everyone is a little worse for wear, but they're alive. And it's at this point that Long John is with them. The other pirates who are not already captured are gone, presumably lost in the explosion. Captain Amelia is uh, recovering well. Dr. Doppler is there. James is back with his mother. And, oh, uh, but he arrives with the popo. He does. Well, he arrives with the popo, ah, and he's now gotcha. like in the academy. Yeah. Starfleet Captain, Academy. <laughs> Starfleet Academy. He's part of Space Force. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Uh. Um, because Captain Amelia said, like, we could use some men like you, you know, in the Academy. I'll definitely recommend that you go there. And all the while, before, like, the good that has truly happened to everybody, Long John is, uh, he's kind of let go by James. He's like, you know what? You go and you do your thing. Like, thank you for everything. You still have this soft spot. This Which is different than a lot of the other ones because in pretty much all the other doesn't adaptations. He always, doesn't he always? No. Doesn't uh, Hawkins always let him go? He does. He's yeah. about ready to like blow the whistle or alert everyone. Right. Even with the Christian Bale version with uh, Charlton Heston. Um, oh, yeah. Which, oh, great. I mean, that's, I'm pretty that's sure. That's another like, good of, version. Yes. One of uh, Christian Bale's like first. I mean, he's young. He is younger than Newsies. Like, he's young. Mm. Um, he Charlton Heston in that one just like slips out and basically is like waving his hat like deuces. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Curry obviously uh is the leaky lifeboat. Yeah, but and I remember like in the in the Muppet Treasure Island, doesn't he like take off his uh his peg leg and he use it as a rowboat? Yes, I think. Or he like rows away sing- singing like yo ho. Yo ho! No, but that's remember that's when he uh, like he's bailing out the the boat because it's it's got a leak in it. Oh, that's right. He's all like, "Oh, thanks, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for everything." But he tosses back in that one. He tosses back the uh, um, timepiece. Yeah, and is that moment of like, I would hate, I would hate for you to lose this. Yeah, like thank you. You know, I owe you. You owed me. Now we're square. Like gotcha. I understand you. And thanks just, for not calling the cops. Thanks for not calling the cops. But I mean, just like in this movie, you have this lovely understanding as when James, as he comes back from the Academy, he looks up in the sky and he can see the uh, like nebula clouds kind of like forming into a smiling Long John Silver, you know, kind of like image. And 
you have this fun image. You have this uh, fun little, like, wrap-up of everything. You have uh, Dr. Doppler apparently marrying Captain Amelia because they have, like, a litter. They have kids. Four. Four of them. They have, like, one puppy and, like, three little kittens. Yep. And uh, actually, okay, so fun fact, a part that was actually left out of the movie itself. Um, apparently, Dr. Doppler's race, the males carry the babies. Oh. So he was apparently the one that, like, gave birth to the babies. He's like a seahorse. Eh, I can do without that. That's fine. That's... I mean, whatever. I don't think that's necessary. I mean, I, I can see why it was left out of a kid's PG movie. And you're just going to have to, like, go into a whole other movie about these different... Uh... <laughs> like, why was this done the yeah. way that it was? Oh, my gosh. Um, But, yeah, it was... Uh, did you know that it was the... Uh, the first performance, or the first, uh, the first, uh, <clears throat> did you know that it was the uh, first film simultaneously released in both the uh, regular and IMAX theaters at the same time? Really? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, kind of ambitious for it. I think they were definitely, again, trying to make a, make a claim a splash for make it, make uh, after a splash, because uh, they're kind of in space. It was actually up for uh, Best Animated Feature for the Academy Awards. But it lost to uh, Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away. Ooh. Which, yeah. Yeah. It, you're going to lose. Yeah. You're going to lose to the Walt Disney of Japan. Sorry. <laughs> wow. But that's pretty high praise. Sure. To be put up against it? I mean. But yeah, you're going to lose. That's like everyone that lost to Wayne Gretzky. Like, okay, one of the best that ever played the sport. Yeah, I guess that you're yeah. not as good as that. Cool. Yeah. But. All right. So we have a uh, a lovely movie, highly underrated, beautiful, by the way. Yeah. And uh, instrumentally, the soundtrack is great. You have a fantastic song by the Goo Goo Dolls that'll get you right in the feels. <clears throat> then you have a uh, a closing song by B.B. Mac, which um, I wasn't really doesn't, a, doesn't it wasn't hit, a fan of. Doesn't hit as well as the Goo Goo Dolls. I think that they yeah. came out of swinging. I mean, it kind of said, I mean, it, it, like... Echoes with the lines of like no, uh, like know where you are, like I'm right, I'm right here. No, that's sorry, that's still the Goo Goo Dolls song. You see, you're still see, you're it's still, still stuck. It's still stuck in me. Either way, like see, that just tells you like the song is not as memorable. But you know what? We need to do a little uh, cut it out. Boom, boom. What were you thinking? Well, you got me. By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. And you've got to cut it out. All right, Nathan. So with cut it out. We uh, we try to find uh, different parts of the movie that you could definitely take out that wouldn't ruin the film, and uh, I think uh, I think we found a few. What do you got? I think we did. Um, my personal one that I was just like, yeah, I don't like this whole. I mean, I, I get it, and it's it's doable, it's serviceable, but I think having the morph being the treasure, thank you, the map, it didn't need to happen. The map, if you please. <sighs> Morph! Morph, where's the map? Are you serious? It's back on the ship? And I get that they wanted to kind of do a, an adaptation of the original, of Jim going back to the boat. It, you could have cut all that out. I'll tell you right now, to like piggyback off that, 
you can take Morph out of the movie. Oh, it's sad. Like, and he's a cute little. It's a cute. Oh, and I mean, but... that's the thing. Like, I understand what it is. Like, it's a cute little creature that's supposed to be a replacement for Long John's parrot. And I get what it is. It's funny. It's a cute little thing. But it doesn't really, like, add to the story. Nope. Except for the two moments. The one moment where um, the he, he hides the map. Oh, the map. Okay, so three. Where he, uh, he leads him to the galley where he overhears the plan. He hides the map in the rope uh, bundle. And then when he turns into a pie and hits Scroop in the face yeah. when he's back on the Good boat trying to get the map. So, I mean, sure, maybe. But I don't know. It seems like just a weird, goofy thing that is definitely there for the kids to laugh at. Yeah. But I mean, it's just it's just weird. I don't know. I, don't, I think it's too too comical for what seriousness the movie has. You know what I mean? And just again, not really needed. I I would say that I would okay, definitely like the character Morph is there, but I have my own thing. It's and it's where Doctor Doppler tries to insult the pirate that is like holding them hostage, okay. and he says the line of like, "You, yes, you." Excuse me, brutish pirate. Yes, you. I have a question. Is it that your body is too massive for your teeny tiny head, or is it that your head is too teeny tiny for your big fat body? Ouch. <laughs> and, he, and you know, in his mind, he's like, yes, sick burn. <laughs> go, what? go, Dalbert. <laughs> yeah, he gives it to himself. It's like, I am one bad mamma gemma. <laughs> uh. So to kind of counter this, though, this whole bad scene, best scene, uh, and I, I know everyone's going to be like, oh, that was pretty cheap, but Goo Goo Dolls, the- Oh, the, the, the little montage. I know it's kind of like a cheap layup, but it worked so well. No, it's a great- Because it it's gets a great part every time, even if I just watch that little clip, I'm like, uh, I'm not- You're uh, <laughs> cutting not, onions. not crying. You're crying. You're crying. Your face is crying. I, I, I don't know. Don't talk to me. I really like the scenes that are between Dr. Doppler and uh, Captain Amelia, especially when they're what you can later find out is like, you know, playful flirting and banter back oh, and yeah. forth. But it's the it's the clever writing that's back and forth between them that it's so funny because if you don't pay attention to the dialogue, you're going to miss some really funny writing. So that for me is uh, is pretty great. Doctor. To muse and blabber about a treasure map in front of this particular crew demonstrates a level of ineptitude that borders on the imbecilic. And I mean that in a very caring way. Imbecilic, did you say? Foolishness, I've got... May I see the map, please? Here. Gentlemen, this must be kept under lock and key when not in use. And Doctor, again, with the greatest possible respect, zip your howling screamer. Captain, I assure you, I... Let me make this as monosyllabic as possible. I don't much care for this crew you hired. They're... How did I describe them? I know. I said something rather good this morning before coffee. A ludicrous parcel of driveling galoots, ma'am. There you go. Poetry. Now, see here. Doctor, I'd love to chat, 
tea, cake, the whole shebang. But I have a ship to launch and you've got your outfit to buff up. Mr. Arrow, please escort these two neophytes down to the galley straight away. Young Hawkins will be working for our cook, Mr. Silver. Well, what? The cook? But more importantly, things that are pretty great in movies are those lines, Nathan, that we love repeating. Ah, you could say that again. Yep. Oh my goodness, that's the most badass thing I've ever heard. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You can say that again. With, uh, you can say that again. We have those fantastic lines, the good and the bad, that we just love repeating. We love calling back to them, making fun of them. And sometimes they, uh, the bad ones kind of stick around longer than the good ones. So... For the uh, for the best line in the sorry the uh, yeah the best line in the movie that I can uh, figure out it's when Captain Amelia and uh, Doctor Doppler are in the firefight when the ship is being taken over and Doctor Doppler eventually he like takes his gun and shoots and it like hits one of the longboats and drops it and two of the pirates like go falling out of the ship with it and the captain's like did you actually aim for that and he's all like you know what. I actually did. Did you actually aim for that? You know, actually, I did. <laughs> and he's all like, like in the, he has that face of like, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> and it, yeah, he d- didn't mean to. And he's obviously not a good shot, but. uh Right, because like the first it. time that she hands him the gun, she's like, doctor, are you familiar with these? And he's like, oh, well, yes, of course I am. And it goes off. He accidentally fires it, and it blows up something on the wall, and he's like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I've I've never held a gun in my life. <laughs> it's riddled with good, good lines. Mm-hmm. And I think Doffler kind of gets, like, the brunt of them. Like, he really gets a lot of the funny lines. Mm-hmm. One of mine, which I'm not going to, not going to count as it, but uh, my, like, honorable mention is when they're flying the ship, and uh, the captain is telling him, go left, look out for the... And he says, who's backseat driving here? <laughs> backseat piloting. <laughs> he gets so upset, and it's just like Brooke and I on the, the freeway. And it's great. It's just a great, like, adult little, ah. Yeah. Down to the right, down right! I know, I know, will you just let me drive? Uh, yeah, you missed that turn off. Uh. So yeah, anyways, my favorite line. I'm going to go with that homage to Star Trek. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. <laughs> but I mean, like, a real doctor. I mean, not it, that kind of doctor. <laughs> it's it's just, it catches you off guard. Wonderful eyes. She's lost her mind. But you gotta help her. Dang it, Jim, I'm an astronomer, not a doctor. I mean, I am a doctor, but I'm not that kind of doctor. I have a doctorate. It's not the same thing. You can't help people with a doctorate. You just... Sit there and you're useless. Right, it's funny. And, and again, it's clever wordplay. Yeah. It's it, like, you can't really heal people with a doctorate. I mean, you can, but not mine. And David Hyde. It's David Hyde. And it's David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good. Um, so for the worst line, again, we're going to go with Dr. Doppler. Oh, what? Oh. <laughs> okay, so his his worst line is right when they're getting onto the boat and they bump into the alien who's who's like making the fart noises. What? And he's like ready. No, to, no stop. Hold no. on. Hold on. So I, I I hate the fact it's not him doing the whole like the flat and, and he, okay it's him saying like I'm fluent in flatulent Jim took two years of it in high school I thought that was great I think it's stupid together now 
cool is this? Sorry about that. I didn't make Allow me to handle this. I'm fluent in flatula, Jim. Took two years of it in high school. Flatula. Cool. It's so stupid. It's, it's like, I majored in fart noise language. He didn't major in it. He just took two years fine, of it, Drew. Fine, He took two years of fart okay. noise language. <laughs> but it's just, it's uh, maybe like the I'm fluent in it is probably too much. But like, like, I mean, if he, if he even said like, I took two years of flatula in high school, that's fine. But like, how prominent is like, you gotta get like, the dialect be, down. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't. You really gotta your make sure. Your syntax is off, Drew. Why aren't you farting right? You gotta make sure that you're not, uh, you know, just throw throwing to the wind. No. I. So I mean, that was just. It's just a weird. It's a weird set of lines, honestly. So you're gonna take that over the fact, like this line is more just the uh, the absolute shambles that is. I'm not saying his it's... accent. Silver's accent throughout this. That's gonna be your. Yes. Your worst line? Yes. Just his, all of his lines because of the accent. Yeah, don't ever say it again. Like, it's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's up and down, up and down. It's, it's Caribbean. It's, uh, Scottish. It's Irish. It's a little bit like kind of British twin. So despite, what? despite even the heartwarming things that he says to James. <laughs> like, what is this? I can't handle it. So it doesn't even matter. No, because of how bad his accent is. No, it's done. It's that's you know what? I think that's extreme. You know what? I blame the reason why this movie didn't do well is because people saw that and went, no, you know what? I'm gonna tell my friends not to see this movie just because of this crap. His accent accent is so bad. Don't see it. If that'd be the case, that's like saying don't watch American horror story because Kathy Bates can't do a Midwestern accent to save her life. But uh this is yeah, that's okay. <laughs> okay, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, if you watch American Horror Story Freak Show or Freaks, when she plays the bearded lady, she has this weird, like, someone whispered a Fargo accent in the other room, and uh, it just kind of, like, died out. But, yeah. That's it. You know, guys, this uh, this was 2002's Treasure Planet. Drew, what would, uh, what would you rank this? Um, how many... Uh, how many Ben guns would you? No, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna rank this. I'm gonna say a three and a half out of five. Oh, okay. I was like, not out of whoa, ten. Oh my god, not out of ten. I'm gonna say this is three and a half out of five. Uh, longboats. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, I give this. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, I, and it's Hold weird. on, before you vote, I'm going to start playing the Goo Goo Dolls song. So you can no! <laughs> That's give it a cheap. higher voting. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a 6.5. Out of 10? Out of 10. Okay, so that would make minus a, a 7. A 6.5 morphs. Uh, <laughs> that could six, easily maybe morph into 7. 6.5 morphs. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's a great movie, and it definitely stirred a lot of old feels. Mm-hmm. That, like that I mm, landing gear it, landing gear but I mean the movie is 16 years old I, I I don't think I've actually probably seen it in probably like at least like 13 or 14 years yep and 
I like it. I'm mm-hmm. glad that I watched it. Yeah. I hope that everyone gets to watch it, but it will probably go back on the shelf with, uh, you know. Right. I don't think it's old. one that like needs to be seen like every single year or even every five years, but it's yeah. definitely something that you should take a look at if you are not appreciating these uh, these more serious Disney films. Yep. You know, not everybody is, you know, breaking into song and dance and everything, but. Which I think a lot of people will really appreciate because there's a lot of right. people that it's don't such like a change. Disney. Yeah, it's because such of a that. change to it, which makes it really, really nice. But Drew, we got to get out of here. We do got to get out of here. But sorry, it ran a little bit over time, everyone. But nah, um, we all good, guys. If you uh, want to join us every other Wednesday on your favorite uh, podcasting apps, you know iTunes, Podbean. Take a look for us there. You can definitely find us on social media. Look for us on uh, Facebook. Just type in the Real Feels Podcast on Twitter. We are at Real Feels Pod. You can always just uh, send us an email at uh, realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. And guys, next time when you come along our way, we're going to be having our history movie. Hmm. And, um, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good one. And we're going to read some uh, some five star reviews because we got some good ones. And we, we did wanna, get some good ones. We want to throw it out to you guys that we really do appreciate those. Those go a long way in our hearts and on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, so. So, Thank you know, you. just uh, slap those on there. You know, five stars. Landing gear. Ooh, that, that was good. Was, ooh, what unintentional secrecy. <laughs> all right. Uh, Guys, we'll catch you all later. And remember, you are the realest. And the feelest. All righty. 